When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Stay on the show. Well, that is going to do it. The Lakers season is officially over as the Denver Nuggets sweep them. And, uh, you know, we're clearly the better team in this series. And, yeah, that, that you know, was a bummer way to end the night. Nothing else happened. Uh, nothing at all notable from the press conferences afterward that are worth getting into. Certainly no further reporting after the fact uh, from multiple reporters on the nothing that came out of that press conference. Wait, what? So let's, I guess, start with the game. It's kind of hard. To <laughs> I'm not really positive what the bigger story is here. I, I I mean, yeah, the bigger story technically is is the Lakers losing and their season being over and Denver moving on to the finals um yeah i i guess that's the big is it the bigger story i think it's the bigger story i think i'm but like lebron kind of sort of hinted at retirement and that feels like the biggest story potentially of the season like i was going to record this thing um wearing a hoodie uh, as uh, i try to pay respects to carmelo anthony officially announcing his retirement, but I also didn't really want to spend the entire episode wearing that hoodie for Carmelo Anthony out of respect for his career while I talked about LeBron potentially announcing his, his retirement. Like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, let's, I, let's start with the game. The game is a bigger thing. I think I'm pretty sure. So the Denver Nuggets beat the Lakers 113 to 111. Uh, and and officially end the Lakers' season. You look at this one, the biggest number to jump out at you from the box score is LeBron playing 47 minutes and 55 seconds or something ridiculous like that. He finishes with 40 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. I would like to go back <laughs> into the lowdown that we talked about or that I recorded last night. Um, that said, hey, we hadn't had this game yet, and it would be nice to see if they if he had that in his in his bag. He does apparently still have that in his bag. So again, he goes forty eight minutes, finishes with that obscene stat line. Unfortunately, nobody really along for the ride with him, or everybody was just kind of along for the ride. Nobody was was there driving with him. Anthony Davis, forty minutes, and if you're thirty eight year old. Uh, player who has more miles on him than any other player at his at this fa- at this stage of his career. Um, if he's playing forty eight minutes and you're playing 
eight fewer. That's kind of a tough look. But uh, in those um, in those minutes, it's it, you know the good news is AD was really putting forth some crazy effort. Finished with an insane stat line himself of twenty one and fourteen. Did have three blocks, a steal, and assist. At least he shot really well, right? Was really getting to the to the free throw line and stuff. Free throw line he did. I he did get to the free throw line ten times. That is actually really good for for his standards. But six of fifteen from the field, which um, on a few of those trips to the free throw line, it really felt like AD was leaving points on the table because he wasn't finishing on the end one. And when the margins are this razor thin. That kind of stuff really matters, right? Especially if on one of those attempts, like if you have a layup that you get fouled on and you go from what should have been two points and arguably really should have been three points and you walk away with one point, the defense winds up winning on that possession. And there were a couple of, there was at least, there was one of those in in this game. So, um, and a few of those over the course of the series as, you know, I really thought that uh, I was hoping that we would get some, like maybe we wouldn't fully replicate what we saw from AD the last time these two teams played where he just objectively outplayed Jokic, right? Jokic is, is a better player at this stage of his career. Um, and, and you know, coming off those two MVPs, and I just think he's a more skilled player. And I really think, like, frankly, it really also comes down to mentality. And Jokic is, like, perfectly okay with what do I need to do? Do I need to beat the shit out of somebody? All right, I guess I'll just beat the shit out of somebody. Do I need to pass and, you know, have 15 assists in this game? Well, yeah, I, I guess I can do that too. Um, do I need to score and do I need to hit some crazy shots? Yeah, he hit a couple of those Sambor shuffles from 25 feet away in this series. So, yeah, I, I um, AD had, you know, the 40-point game in this one and... Uh, or in, in, in the series. But for the most part, if you were watching that and paying any kind of attention, Jokic was the the sig- like the clearly better team. Uh, yeah, clearly better player. Not significantly. Uh, I, I, I still think that AD is, is talented enough to be on that level, but I think it really just kind of comes down to mentality where I, I, I was like begging by the end of the series for AD to commit a charge. Knock somebody over. Like, there was a funny play. There was a funny couple of plays where on one, LeBron steps up, takes a charge. Jokic doesn't like the call. On the next play, even though it was going to be his fifth foul, Jokic, like, runs into LeBron's chest, knocks over LeBron to where, like, LeBron took that charge. It was actually him, like, falling over because of the contact. And it was such a, a clear foul that even though it was his fifth foul, and that and the and the uh you had the 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 coaching staff there Mike Malone looks at his assistant coaches and goes hey should i challenge this fifth and they all go like no <laughs> no probably not he got his money's worth on that one and uh and yeah that was you know i'm waiting for ad to stop with the whole lean your shoulder in hope to draw the foul and that stuff or you know take one dribble too few and pull up with some kind of a floater or a jump hook. Like I'm waiting for him to knock that stuff off, take that extra dribble 
and dunk some people into oblivion, but it just it didn't really happen in the series. And we're going to find out where he's at physically. We're going to find out where LeBron is at physically, and we're going to find out you know what all this looks like here moving forward. But um, yeah, really, really disappointing game from AD in this one. Uh, you got about as much as you could again, kind of hope for. Reeves, you know, gets his 17 points. Um, Darvin Ham changed the starting lineup, and uh, D'Angelo Russell went from starting and playing 30 minutes to coming off of the bench and playing 15. Uh, Ham really stuck with the five guys that he thought was going to get him home right, with uh, AD playing 40, Rui playing 42. LeBron playing 48, Schroeder playing 38, and Reeves playing 41. Like, this was really going for it. And frankly, this is what really going for it should have looked like in the previous game, too. So you would have some of those reps under your belt and and, and maybe even uh, a little bit more margin for error here. But as it, as it played out, um, I, thought, I thought one of the more kind of important stretches of the game happened right at the beginning where that new starting lineup comes out, plays really well, and um, you know has some unfortunate calls that don't necessarily go their way. The free throw total here was twenty six to twenty two um, in the Lakers' favor, and that's with the Lakers shooting twenty three pointer uh, three point attempts and Denver shooting thirty three. Uh, that happening at home certainly kind of interesting. But at the first part of the game, starts out, Reeves takes a three, KCP fouls him, no call there. Um, a couple plays later, I think it was, I forget who shot the, the jump hook, but Michael Porter Jr. comes in from, from the weak side, blocks it, appeared to be a goaltend because of how close he blocked it to the rim, no call there. Um, you had a uh, LeBron breakaway, that Michael Porter Jr. comes down and uh, tries to contest it at the rim, catches LeBron on the back of the head. There wasn't quite the windup, I guess, uh, that that like D'Angelo Russell had, but still, like they don't even look at it. No flagrant foul. Um, that flagrant foul on on Russell did kind of change the temperament of of that game. Don't get that here in this one. And then uh, AD drives to the basket. Jokic swings down on him catches him across the arm, basically his entire forearm, knocks the ball away, no call there. And, you know, the Lakers, you know, they start out the game um, up like seven or so points, but with some extra free throws and 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 with the momentum that comes off of some of those plays, you know, that seven-point lead turning into like a 12 or a 13-point lead and then maybe building on it from there um, is a very different opening to the game than... than uh, we saw, and you know, the Nuggets. I think they were on a mission. I thought they were going to be on a mission because they really wanted to definitively say, like, we are the best team in 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 the conference, and they are. Like, they just are, and nothing but credit to them for being that. Because, um, you know, the Aaron Gordon trade when they made it was a really good one. They stayed patient despite Jamal Murray's injury, uh, and and they despite. Uh, despite Michael Porter Jr.'s injuries, plural, they stayed patient with him. They bring in Contavious Caldwell-Pope. They bring in Bruce Bo- uh, Bruce Brown. And um, and yeah, they were just a better team. I think they, they should be heavy favorites here to win in the finals uh, when, it's, when it's all said and done. But 
Also, Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolster and that whole Miami team is playing with this these voodoo powers. So I don't know. I have no idea what, how it's going to play out, but I think Denver should be the favorites here because they are the better team. They have been, I think, the best team in the conference and probably the best team in the league. And I think we've been pretty... I also have been one of the dumb people as it pertains to Nikola Jokic and the MVP thing. Although, back when I was saying there should be trustability, I was saying that as it pertained to Giannis. He also wasn't that you know, trustable in the, in the, in the playoffs either. And, 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 you know, if Jokic goes on this run with that third MVP in his pocket, we'd feel pretty good about it. So it kind of sucks the way that that played out. Um, and, and, and all of that nonsense, but, but yeah, I I just, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on this game because Raj and I spent an hour and a half on it, but, uh, look, the Lakers got swept, which means that Denver is the, objectively and and definitively better team than the Lakers. But the Lakers also got swept by a combined 24 points. And in all of those games, had opportunities to win. And in a couple of them, felt like they should have won, right? I thought in this one, they probably should have won. Um, when they were they had opportunities to go on, on runs and, and uh, didn't to extend that... 13-ish point lead into something a little bit less reachable. Um, same thing that goes for a game two, right? And and look, if if Darvin Ham doesn't stick with that starting lineup one extra game, maybe you're looking at a at a at a one-one series here. And and uh with those extra reps, maybe you win this one too, and you're looking at two-two rather than the series being completely over. But I think all of that also speaks to the extremely small margin for error that we saw in this series because Denver was just better. So Raj and I are recording about an hour or so into recording after the show and shouts to everybody who stuck with us to the very, very end of that show. Um, but so we're recording and first you get like an interesting quote, right? Jovan Buha tweets out, an interesting quote, like LeBron is really questioning his future, right? And then, um, and then, you know, you're kind of sitting there, you're you're, you're kind of waiting to see how this is going to play out, and and see if we're going to get more context. And we do, so we get we we wind up getting a, the full quote written out, um, and then uh, the the clip actually makes its way onto my timeline, so I grab that. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens going forward. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I got a lot to think about, to be honest. I got a lot to think about, to be honest. And um, just for me personally, going going forward with the game of basketball, I got a lot to think about. Appreciate it. So that was LeBron after the game. And that was from CJ Fogler on Twitter. And then I think NBA.com sends out the clips of, of those press conferences. So we get that quote and that tenor from LeBron after the game. That's followed up by Dave McMenamin tweeting out this quote, LeBron James to ESPN on his thought process going into the offseason. Question. When you think you when you say you got to think about stuff, what thread should we be pulling on that? Answer. If I want to continue to play. Question, as in next year? Answer, yeah. 
Question, you would walk away? Answer, I got to think about it. All right. <laughs> I hear I was like ready to just kind of record a quick little lowdown here and somebody send everybody off into the off season. But no, we cannot do that because it is the Lakers and because it is LeBron James specifically. Um, here is all of the context that I think is worth taking into account here. And I am going to have a guest here on uh, today's lounge who I trust m as much as anybody, if not more than just about anybody on the LeBron stuff. So I'm not going to give away the name because we know how that goes. But anyway, um, here's all the context that I find notable as it pertains to these quotes. One, and you know, the Occam's razor explanation here is, and the simplest, you know, that is explanation is he just finished 48 minutes of basketball, played his ass off, and it wasn't enough. For the very first time, honestly, in LeBron's, uh, well, one of the first times, like, uh, you know, he played that hard against Golden State, and Golden State was just better, especially when KD was there. Golden State was just better. That was just a way better team than LeBron's, right? Um, but, yeah, I, I think in this one, he plays those 48 minutes. He's going up against Jokic. He knows that the guy that he kind of single, <laughs> singled out for, uh, you know, to be his, you know, number two, at least for a little bit, and hopefully eventually number one, plays at that same position as Jokic and got thoroughly outplayed. Um, so I kind of wondered, and I think the easiest explanation here is he just went through a really hard, arduous season with one of his first non-contact injuries that he's uh, attained and is looking ahead to an offseason where surgery is probably going to be uh, required on that foot and then the recovery from surgery and then getting back into shape and then going into training camp and all of that stuff. And, um, and I'm, you know, the easiest explanation here is he's looking at that and he's like, man, I don't know. And honestly, I don't blame him. I, <laughs> I, I can't, you know, I can't, he's, he's accomplished just about everything that you can accomplish in the sport. Uh, multiple championships, multiple MVPs, all time scoring leader, top five or whatever in assists. And, you know, just one of the, in, in like arguably the most impressive uh, resume that any NBA player has ever put together from start to finish in their career. The fact that at when he broke Kareem's scoring record, he was averaging like 28 points uh, per game. By the time Kareem wrapped up his career, he was averaging like 14, you know? So, like LeBron has had an incredible career and he just loses this tough game. And on the last possession of that game, mortality comes in the form of Jamal Murray's hands being perfectly placed to tie him up. And, and he winds up not being able to really get a shot off in the final possession of this long arduous season. And he's probably sitting there like, man, I don't know. And you know what? Again, Totally understand it. So that's, I think, the 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 first and most logical explanation for for this series of 
of, well, first the quote and then the reports that followed. Chris Haynes also wrote up a report for Yahoo that, I'm going to be honest, felt like an uh, aggregation of LeBron's presser. But anyway, um, the next kind of bit of context that we have to take into account here is that over the last year or so, on a couple occasions, LeBron felt like the Lakers were on the verge of trading for Kyrie Irving. And um, according to my sources or whatever, over the course of this season, um, there were a f- a, at least two moments where uh, people, you know, whether it's in the Lakers or around the league, thought, yeah, Kyrie's going to be a Laker. And he and LeBron are going to put all that nonsense behind them that led to Kyrie requesting a trade. And they're going to try to pick up right where they left off in a wide open NBA field. And it turned out to be pretty wide open. Although I do think we undersold what what Denver was capable of. But anyway, um, he even, when uh, on the most recent time when the Lakers didn't trade for Kyrie Irving, tweets out, right, uh, maybe it's me, right? And, and... Um, you know, I don't think the timing of that was necessarily a coincidence. I don't think there are very many coincidences, frankly, as it pertains to LeBron and these kind of messages that he sends out there. And, you know, another bit of context here, Kyrie has been in LA in the stands while the Lakers have been on this run during these playoffs on a couple occasions, including... Last night, he was sitting baseline there. Uh, he was chatting up Alex Rodriguez before the game uh, got underway. And, you know, LeBron is watching D'Angelo Russell become unplayable in the series. And that's his $30 million a year point guard. And he's looking at that and saying, man, if that was Kyrie, man, you know? And, uh, I can't blame him for that, by the way. And I know there are a lot of people who are saying, like, you know, how how does he look at this run that the Lakers went on and think, like, the the, the, the answer to it is, well, uh, bring in Kyrie. And by the way, in order to bring in Kyrie, just for this to be, like, at all possible, um, without Kyrie taking a ridiculous paycheck, pay cut, which he isn't going to do, but... Um, it would require, it would probably cost you Rui. It would cost you uh, Malik Beasley and Mo Bamba and D'Angelo Russell. Um, and what you would be getting back is is Kyrie Irving in cap space with very little other avenues uh, to expand the roster or to improve the roster from there. You would probably wind up keeping Reeves uh, in, in this circumstance, but... Yeah, that is that is essentially what the beginnings of the roster would look like. Um, there, I guess you could technically sign and trade D'Angelo Russell for Kyrie, but if that's going to happen, that requires Dallas to agree to the trade too, and they just watched this postseason just as well as we did. Would they do that as they try to convince Luka to stick around long-term? Um yeah, it's it's not uh, it, it's not feasible for the Lakers to bring in Kyrie Irving, and if they do bring in Kyrie Irving, it would cost them a whole bunch of people. And 
you know, part of why I'm really excited to get into this offseason in a vacuum without this stuff in the back of my mind is, man, Malik Beasley could be, you know, slightly upgraded if you use enough second rounders with, with his expiring contract. Mo Bamba is essentially a, another contract that you could, and if you want to combine those two guys and a couple picks there, you could bring in somebody around like 26 million, and that's a really helpful player. If you, you know, you're going to have to re-sign Reeves and you're going to have to re-sign Rui. And that's something that the Lakers are already really, you know, linked towards doing. That makes some sense. Maybe if you bring back D'Angelo Russell and he has a whole year figuring this out, like maybe maybe that improves. And if not, then you can kind of flip him at the deadline and, and, and you can turn that cap number into somebody who can really help like there's a real avenue here for the lakers they have a a, a a top 20 pick in the upcoming draft as well like there's a lot of stuff that the lakers can can utilize here to really improve their team and then to essentially turn all that stuff into Kyrie. we went we did this before <laughs> i've watched this movie and yeah Kyrie fits better than than russ but I watched this already. I don't, I'm not interested in this movie again. I, <laughs> I'm good. The first movie sucked. I don't want a sequel. But anyway, so I'm sitting here and I'm, 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 uh, thinking about that too. And also in the back of my mind, and this is kind of my last explanation for, for, or yeah, a p- potential explanation. And this is pretty, um, far-fetched, but you guys know me. I can't help myself. I find myself wondering if he looked at the series that AD just had against Jokic and he has looked at AD's off and on availability over the last couple of years. I wonder if if uh, he's saying, hey, this has run its course one way or the other. So either he maybe requests a trade to a spot that he could play out the rest of this current contract and then uh, become a free agent wherever Ronnie um, gets drafted and, and signed there. Uh, or, you know, maybe he talks to AD and is like, hey, you know, Chicago's kind of nice. You know, uh, maybe we could send you there and bring back some stuff here. And, 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 and we, we can both kind of move our separate ways here. Um, I, I do kind of wonder if, if some trade rumor stuff is going to start happening, whether it pertains to uh, LeBron or AD. Another potential, I guess, explanation here for what might be going on, and this is a lot trickier because there are some potential legalities um, where if LeBron essentially retires and then does so with planning on coming back, that creates some potential concerns or whatever but um look Bronny is going to be in the nba in the next uh year right uh in 2024 and if Bronny is uh you know drafted somewhere and lebron is still under contract with the lakers that complicates getting to wherever that might be now at the end of the season lebron has a player option right so lebron could technically not retire, play this season, opt out, and then go and play with Bronny. But um, after this year and how difficult I'm sure it was on him, he might be saying there like, well, if I'm going to play with Bronny, I want to get myself, you know, give myself a full year of rest, 
get myself at fully recovered so that on that last year of my career, potentially with Bronny, I can maybe mess around and win a championship. And um, one potential outcome here or one potential path here forward is LeBron retires, takes a year off, comes back, and signs wherever Bronny plays. Um, and uh, again, I, I'd have to, and, and I'm going to, over the next few hours or so, we'll, when everybody's awake again, um, look into the legalities there, but that's worth mentioning too. That said, look, uh, <laughs> the quotes are loud. The reports are loud. They're going to be loud. This is going to be really tricky terrain that we're going to be traversing over the next however long while we figure out what LeBron meant there and what his intentions really are. But I don't want all of that stuff to take away from the season that we just watched and and enjoyed and survived through together. So the season starts, training camp starts, Lakers have Russell Westbrook still on the roster and a roster that appeared to be contingent upon built on the idea that eventually they were going to trade Russell Westbrook. And they did eventually. And that roster, you know, with a couple other tweaks started to make a lot more sense to go on this run and completely turn everything around in a way that, um, for me watching this season, given my expectations going into it feels perfectly fine. But as LeBron said afterward, and this is kind of why, like when you're, when you're sitting there, you're like, why would he go through all of this and then land at, if he is pushing for Kyrie or star X, but Kyrie is the most logical person. He was at these games and they have their history together. Um, why would, why would LeBron go through all of this, see how the season was turned around and still push for that? Right. And it's a pretty simple explanation. These stars, they want to play with stars when they think of like, Hey, how can we fix this thing? The answer is another star. <laughs> That's how this works. And um, and yet, you know, whether or not I disagree or whatever, it doesn't even matter. Whether or not you disagree or whatever, that, that doesn't matter. That's the way that most of these stars see the world, and especially the NBA world, is, oh, we, we came up close? All right, we'll just go get another star. We'll make it work. We'll fit. It's fine, you know? And, uh, and I, you know, I think that's kind of how he arrives at that, at that point. But, um, and, and, and he even talked about it after the game, right? He's not going to get excited about getting to the conference finals. He plays for championships, right? Plural. And in this case, the Lakers came up short, came up well short by his standards, right? Getting, this is the first time he's ever been swept. Um, this is the first time somebody of his ilk has ever been swept, right? And uh, so, yeah, I, I, I kind of want uh, maybe, maybe Kobe got swept in that boss in that Dallas series. I'd have to, I'd have to go back and find it. But um, either he got swept or that ended in five. And uh, the fact that LeBron is looking at this and saying, like, I couldn't get one against these guys. They were all close, and at no point was I able to like do the things that. I feel like I need to be able to do to win these games. Um, so again, like that might, that's the most logical explanation here. But if you're wondering, if you're sitting there at home wondering why would he want to break up this team? 
that turned the season around so miraculously, that doesn't matter to him. A Western Conference appearance? That doesn't mean shit to LeBron James. He wants to win championships. And to him, the path that he sees to a championship is Kyrie or some other star of that ilk. And that's kind of where where that is coming from. Um, but yeah, I even still, even as that's probably how LeBron is looking at this, I personally am looking at this very differently. And I personally consider this season a real success with some real steps forward that can lead to even more success. And um, that to me is, is, is pretty effing cool. This season has been, <laughs> in, in, at some points, incredibly painful, um, both obviously uh, as it pertains to watching the Lakers and personally, right? You get laid off. That's not exactly something that I, I, I'm going to look back fondly on this season about. But to then, kind of like the Lakers, frankly, turn around and... Uh, get this RSS feed and hit the ground running and set records for what shows that I have hosted have done um, in the months that, that followed after getting this thing. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to look back on this season, um, you know, both in terms of being somebody who watches these Lakers and cares deeply about these Lakers and loves watching these Lakers with you uh, this season. I'm, I'm never going to forget it. And then also, because of the way that you guys have, have really uh, rallied around the stuff that we're trying to do here and in, in this airplane that we're trying to build on, on the fly, um, I'm never going to forget that either. So that is actually probably going to ha- be how I, I end the show is to thank you, uh, to thank you for yet another season of incredible support and, you know, support that um, I think I was starting to take for granted when I was at my previous position and um, something I am never, ever, 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 ever again going to take for granted, whether it's you listening, whether it's, you know, when I got laid off, the number of people who came out and said, hey, whatever we need to do to help you build this thing back up, um, let's get at it. You know, guests who have said in We'll, I'll make myself available to you however often you need, whatever. Um, I, you know, it has been absolutely dumbfounding the, the amount of support that I have felt from you, the listener, and from a whole bunch of really pe- uh, people who I really uh, consider, you know, hold very highly, even more highly now, but I have always really looked up to. So, um, I'm going to sign off here before I get too wishy-washy. And I, again, want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for yet another season of supporting me and making all of this possible. And, uh, you know, just like I was saying a second ago, as far as like things that I, I have really high hopes for, uh, if this is the starting point of what we're building, I cannot wait to see the heights that we reach. So, um, before we get out of here, I want to name some people in particular, uh, Jen, obviously first and foremost for being the rock star who is willing to kind of like take care of the kids early in the morning as I recover from an entire playoffs worth of games, uh, of nights staying up until 
two or three in the morning recording and editing and posting and all of that stuff. Uh, Jen, I love you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, Avery, you have actually like played a role in this and wearing the, the jersey and, and, and learning about cheers and stuff like that. That's been an absolute blast. Um, never going to forget the beginning, the starting point of that for you. Um, I want to also, you know, thank uh, Harrison, who, when I was laid off, and especially like, you know, especially once I found out I was going to get the feed and, and where I was going to next, um, you know, he and I immediately started working on the means to continue to work together and uh, continue that really fun content that we build together. Um, Pete, you know, same kind of thing. I re recorded the first show with him and said, Hey bud, um, you know, would you like to do this regularly? He goes, absolutely. I've missed doing this with you. And so he immediately, you know, responded in ways that I really appreciate. And, and yeah, like it just get Raj, fuck Raj, Raj Chapalu, who I think is this up and coming superstar, uh, with the way that he sees the game. When I said, "Hey, uh, I'm I'm not positive when I'm what I can offer quite yet because I don't even know what I'm getting paid quite yet for this," but would you be interested in coming on and recapping these games with me after all of these games? He goes, "Absolutely." He's so incredibly hungry, um, and 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 so incredibly talented, and and getting to do these things with him has been an absolute delight as I watch him grow in this industry as well. Aaron Larsoul, you know, my, my buddy who does, you know, who we do the hook together. We used to do the hook together and we record on, on your favorite day of the week still now. Um, just like any number of people who stepped up and, and really helped me in, at, at one of what could have been a real low point, right? You, you, you have your, your, your dream job and then to have it kind of taken away with very little explanation uh, it could very easily have like spun me out, but no, uh, a lot of people helped grab that wheel with me and said, no, we're all going to figure this out together. We're all going to build this together and I cannot wait to see where it goes. So, um, again, you guys at the forefront of making all of this possible. And then there's a whole bunch of people behind the scenes who continue to help. And I love each and every one of you.